Hey there, film spotters, Adam and Josh here. Thank you for checking out this bonus show sampler. We've got another one for you here, the month of December, a little excerpt from our December bonus show where we shared some additional picks for various categories of the year, the categories, Josh, that we didn't cover on our big performances of the year show. Yeah, we left some big categories on the table, so that's what we're going to get into here. Monthly bonus shows are just one of the benefits of becoming a member of the Film Spotting family. Other perks, early and ad-free listening, a weekly newsletter, event discounts, events like our January 13th year-end wrap party, which is going to be in Los Angeles. That's right around the corner. If you want to get tickets for that, head to filmspotting.net. More information about becoming a member of the Film Spotting family, you'll find that at filmspottingfamily.com. Thanks again for listening and enjoy the preview. What kind of a show are you guys putting on here today? You're not interested in art? No. Now look, we're going to do this thing. We're going to have a conversation. Family members, thanks for tuning in to this December bonus episode. We've got some bonus categories to get to Josh, we shared our picks for best lead performances, best supporting performances. Those were only four categories ultimately on the Chicago Film Critics Association ballot. I think there's 19 total. Not great at math, but that would mean there are at least 15 other categories that we could get to. We're not going to share our picks in all 15 of those categories here in this bonus episode. And again, we will quickly remind you that if you want to see the winners, as we're taping this, we don't know the winners. But by the time you hear this, the winners will be announced. And you'll find those at chicagofilmcritics.org or in the notes for our last film spotting episode, the performances of the year. We've deliberately decided here, it's a bonus show. Let's not provide too much structure. Let's just get into some categories that we want to highlight that we found particularly interesting or compelling for some reason. And I thought maybe where we would begin is thinking about whether or not there were any categories. We can get to the hard ones. And there were more hard ones than easy ones, as is always the case when you're trying to rate the best of anything in cinema and you're thinking about all your favorites. But I'm wondering if you had any categories as you looked over either the first ballot you submitted with your five picks, or when you looked over the final ballot, you saw the five names there on the CFCA list and you had to pick your number one, two, and three. Were there any that you said, okay, that's easy. I'm not, I'm not losing any more sleep over this. I'm not debating these picks anymore in my mind. There's nothing to debate. I know exactly how I'm voting. Probably the easiest category was original score. I mean, as, as you well remember, I, I basically based the setup for Killers of the Flower Moon all around Robbie Robertson's score for that movie. It was my favorite thing about it. Uh, I think it was just so evocative on its own of what that movie was trying to do. I, I compared it to like a snake sliding through the grass and it just had this this untrustworthy rhythm to it. I loved the score. Uh, the moment I heard it uh, while watching the film and have listened to it many times since. So that was a... That was a no-brainer for me. We can return to best original score. I'm sure you have some thoughts, um, and I have other you know scores I love too from the year. But the way you're describing this hard or easy, it's funny because to jump to screenplay categories, I find every year that original screenplay is generally easy. You know, I feel like I know 
what that has, what that script has meant for the movie I've seen. When it comes to adapted screenplay, I always Mm -hmm. struggle. And that's just more of a larger 1000 foot, you know, view issue. But also sometimes when it comes to the individual films, it's like, I'll look at my favorite movies of the year and say, okay, this one had an adapted screenplay. Is was that element crucial to its success? How much am I factoring in the source material, my knowledge of it, which varies. Um, so that's a category I always struggle with. And I did this year as well. Whereas original screenplay, um, man, I mean, I talked about in our show proper, Sandra Huller as the best performance of the mm-hmm. year for me, anatomy of a fall, this script by the director, Justine Trier and, uh, Arthur Harari, no brainer for me, just the discussions we've been having you and I had initially listeners mm-hmm. have had via email I've seen on letterbox the that's the evidence of its mastery of ambiguity that this movie has is all about the script as much as it is you know that wonderful hooler performance yeah I did not struggle at all with original screenplay or adaptive screenplay at least in the sense that you're suggesting and that's because the original versus adapted part for me is completely arbitrary. It really could be any other names they assign to those. It's like screenplay category one and screenplay category two, because in so few cases have I read the source material and I'm not really making a judgment based on whether or not it was adapted. So for me, it comes down to, oh, these are the ones that happen to be under this heading this year. And I'm going off of whatever I consider the best film and the best writing to be what I wrestle with. And I know I've talked about this before on these bonus shows specifically is what we really mean when we talk about a great screenplay. Not that there ever should be only one definition of that, but I'm as susceptible as anyone else, Josh, to occasionally with all these categories. Oh, best cinematography means the most camera movement and the most evocative showy lighting and best editing means the most editing. I think we saw some of that in the way the voting came out this year, even not that the editing is not great in something like John wick chapter four or mission impossible dead reckoning, but I can come up with a lot of films that have one 20th or one 200th of the edits. Those films have, and I would still say they're edited superbly, right? So is writing about how good the lines are? Mm. Well, sure. That's really important. Or is it about really the narrative? Is it about structure? And I tend to be a big structure guy. Yeah. But I try to have I try to have a little bit of balance between those two. I'm with you then when it came to original, this one wasn't very hard for me to pick and it wasn't very hard for me to rank. I love Anatomy of a Fall, May December and the holdovers. And I went, I went in that order. The holdovers may be, you know, a bit of a throwback, a more conventional type screenplay, but still has its delights and its great humor and its emotional range, I think. And then you have, you have something you already expressed it with anatomy of a fall, but you have something like that, that just keeps you guessing not only right up until the very end, but for weeks and months as you as you leave the theater, you mentioned Letterbox. I just wrote something there the other day that I just finally had to get out. I just had to get it on the page somewhere. Spoilers, my my full take on the ending of that film, even building off of what we we talked about on the show when we did spoilers. So yeah, I do think that speaks to how great that script is. And then you've got something 
like May, December, which almost defies categorization. You know, it's one of those films, it feels so of its own type. And I know, of course, it's, it's pulling from other Todd Haynes work and it's pulling from other melodramas and yet it feels truly unique and the way it balances all of those different tones and does also give us some of those great lines like the line we talked about in detail on the performances show. Those those three were relatively easy for me in terms of my vote. I love all three of them, but I think in that order with Anatomy of a Fall first is is where I went. The tougher one, Josh, was adapted just in terms of the material and thinking about Killers of the Flower Moon and how much I love it, Oppenheimer and how much I love it, and Poor Things, the Tony McNamara script. That's a case with Poor Things where I remember as I was watching it being in awe of, I think I said, the dexterity of Stone's character with those words, but I loved the words that McNamara was giving her to say. And and that is a case where I think it I think it pays off structurally too, but I do love the intelligence and the wit of that screenplay. So it was it was those three for me in the top tier of adapted. Yeah, to jump back quickly to original um, after Anatomy of a Fall, we're aligned on that. I had I'm going back to Nicole Hall of Center, and you hurt my feelings here. I mean, she has been. I think for 20 years now, she's been one of our best screenwriters, just mining everyday life for these hilarious, emotional, uh, but also relational truths uh, are being explored in in her movies. And she's at the top of her game here with You Hurt My Feelings. Asteroid City, I did go with the script there by Wes Anderson and Roman Coppola. And it's interesting because I feel like it also has masterful ambiguity, like anatomy of a fall, but of a very different kind. Right. Um, but both of those movies, can't, they, they're not interested in laying everything out for the viewers in their story and their structure, but they are interested in inviting the viewers into possibilities that the story, the structure offers, uh, again, very different ways, but I think they share that in common. And then just one more that I did nominate, didn't make the final ballot. Um, but Hayao Miyazaki, we don't think of him as a screenwriter, but he's the screenwriter of The Boy and the Heron. And yes, of course, it's mostly about how this story has been envisioned. But in this case, in particular, I think he has given us a narrative, a structure full of intricacies and connections and callbacks, metaphorical richness. All of that has to be on the page before it can be envisioned on the screen. So so I did nominate The Boy and the Heron as well for original. And then jumping to Adapted, um, did you mention Andrew High's script for All of Us Strangers? Did that make your nominations list or not? I forget because well, I thought— It almost certainly did. I, I think I'll say real quick, Josh— before you go on that one of the things I'm balancing here is that I'm looking at two sheets, which is my original cheat sheet with all my picks on it. And then where the CFCA came out. And the thing is there's often so much overlap, at least this year there was that sometimes I feel like I'm looking at the same list, but then you say something like asteroid city and it reminds me to go back and look at my original vote. And of course, asteroid city was in my top five. There you go. For, okay, good. For best original screenplay. Because, yeah, I mean, I'll say it. It's one of my favorite films of the year. Of course, I think it's one of the best scripts of the year. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, yeah, as I said, it's interesting in the in the way it works, not only alongside Anatomy of a Fall, but 
a bit differently than other Wes Anderson films, even, I think, you know, where, where the trajectory yeah. of the trajectory towards some sort of closure is not as clear in Asteroid City. No, definitely. And to answer your question about all of us strangers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's my number one. Okay. <laughs> it's okay, my number good, one. Good. Didn't make the CFCA, but it was, <clears throat> it was number one on my ballot. And I'm there with you. You know, if, for me, this is a high concept that I don't think we want to, even though you, you figure it out fairly quickly into the film. Um, I don't want to spoil it here, but it's a high concept that blossoms. I found in my experience rather than something like, you know, the Nicolas Cage film dream scenario where Cage plays a professor who just starts showing up inexplicably in people's dreams across the world. Great idea. Could go a million directions. I found that to fizzle out all of us strangers again, based on a novel, but, but has this similarly intriguing, provocative concept and rather than not knowing where to go with it, the mm-hmm. movie just expands in its meaning and emotional depth and richness and implications from there. So, yeah. so that's why it's number number one for me. We hope you enjoyed this taste of our monthly bonus shows. To hear that full episode and to get access to future and all the past monthly bonus shows, join the Film Spotting family at filmspottingfamily.com. This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. Goodbye.